Good morning, and you're tuning in to the News and Morning Mixtape on Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. I'm your host, Krishna Prasad, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM, and here are our top stories for today. This past July saw Canada's annual interest rate go up 3.3%, which is above desired interest levels as set by the Bank of Canada. Ontario elementary and secondary school teacher unions have expressed dissatisfaction in their negotiations with the government and are planning to hold a strike mandate vote. Meanwhile, the federal government is proposing a 3% cut in spending costs across the board. We'll have a quick look at the weather afterwards and finish off with a Hidden History segment. City News Toronto reports that Canadian annual interest levels have been on the rise, reaching 3.3% in July. This shortly after inflation had fallen to 2.8% back in June, while within Bank of Canada's goal to keep it between 1-3% to for the first time since March of two years ago. The Bank of Canada has predicted that inflation will, quote, hover around 3% in the coming years before slowly falling again to 2 by mid-2025. The central bank has noted this and raised interest rates again to a key rate of 5%. They hope households facing increased shelter costs as a result will, quote, pull back on spending elsewhere, end quote, in order to slow inflation. Next up, public elementary and secondary school teachers are planning to hold a strike mandate vote in their respective unions, as said by CBC News. Kate Brown, president of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, has said that the government refuses to meaningfully engage with them and that their proposals are essentially poor working conditions alongside salary and benefit cuts. The Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation also agrees with the sentiment. The union points at the lack of substantial progress in negotiations to the detriment of students all over Ontario and states, quote, a strong strike mandate will demonstrate our unity and determination to achieve fair and favorable terms for our members and the students. End quote. In response, Education Minister Stephen Lecce calls the possibility of strikes right before the beginning of a new school year unnecessary, unjust, and a cause of anxiety for parents and students alike. Despite this bargaining having gone on since last summer, None of the unions indicate having gotten close to a deal. Finally, CTV News reports a federal proposal for an across-the-board 3% cut in all department and agency spending budgets. A senior official cited the reasoning as having seen, quote, opportunities to tighten the management of the ship, end quote. These cuts do not include layoffs or public service staff reduction, and are to be phased in by 2026 or 2027. In the words of Finance Minister Christia Freeland, the government aims to balance being fiscally responsible and investing in Canadians, saying this is, quote, the government taking a look at how we do things ourselves and doing it a little more efficiently, end quote. The new budget also wants to cooperate with federal crown corporations to ensure that they all make appropriate spending reductions. Taking into consideration all of the budget's proposals, it aims to save $15.4 billion over the next five years. Let's finish off with the weather. Today is supposed to be mainly sunny and humid, with a high of 26 degrees Celsius and a low of 18 degrees. The UV index is supposedly high, so don't forget your sunscreen. 
That about wraps it up for today's news. Thanks for tuning in to Met Radio 1280 AM Toronto, and let's finish off with Hidden Histories. Good morning, and welcome to this week's Hidden Histories segment, where I talk about the little-known stories behind our everyday world. If you remember anything from your history classes, you may recognize the Berlin Wall. Last Sunday, August 13th, marked the anniversary of when the wall was first erected back in 1961 by Soviet forces occupying Germany. This was widely regarded as a bad move, particularly for the people inside East Germany at the time. As such, throughout its 28-year-long rule, there have been many daring and sometimes even fatal attempts at escape, some of which are too interesting to let fade into history. An example is what's now dubbed the East German Balloon Escape. According to the Washington Post, 37-year-old Peter Strelzik and 24-year-old Gunter Wetzel escaped East Germany with their families inside a home-brewed hot air balloon. Both men were tinkerers at heart and used Strelzik's basement to slowly engineer their masterpiece, while in Wetzel's basement, the wives Petra Wetzel and Doris Strelzik were hard at work sewing together, quote, an incredible 60-foot-wide, 70-foot-high balloon out of curtains, bedsheets, shower liners, and other fabrics of every color brought home piece by piece, end quote. The night of September 15th, the two families made their way to the launch site, and by early morning the next day, they tied their gondola to the fabric with nylon ropes. They blew cold air into the balloon and used a makeshift flamethrower to heat it up, lighting the burner inside that powers it. As it rose quickly, the families clambered to get in and flew off undetected in the night. A few tense hours later, they land and search for any clue as to their whereabouts with bated breath when they find an Audi, which at that point had only been manufactured in West Germany. The family has finally reached safety in the West. Another daring family escape was executed by the Holzapfel family, according to newspaper.com. 33-year-old Heise Holzapfel had planned the escape for over a year, taking the time to recruit helpers in West Berlin during business trips. During one such trip, he, his wife, 32-year-old Juta, and 9-year-old son Gunther hid in the attic of the building until nightfall, when they relocated to the roof. Despite the pouring rain, they put their carefully formatted plan into action. They threw a nylon cord fastened to a hammer, padded to reduce sound and handled with phosphorus in order to make it visible, over the wall and into West Berlin. There, their allies attached a cable cord attached to an abandoned trailer, and the Holzapfels pulled the other end over. Using a harness and bicycle wheel axle, they made a makeshift zip line and one by one slid over to West Berlin, relatively unharmed and safe at long last. Our last escape story is that of the three brothers Ingo, Holger, and Egbert Beck. According to Reader's Digest Canada, Ingo had escaped first, having driven to the border with his friend in a rental van and dodged obstacles that sounded straight out of movies including tripwires and a strip of mines, eventually paddling out to West Berlin via air mattress. The escape had devastating consequences for his remaining family, though, with his parents losing their jobs and the family being under constant surveillance. Eventually, on the night of his 30th birthday, 
Holger bid a tearful goodbye to his remaining brother and set his long-awaited plan into motion. He fired an arrow with nylon cables tied to it 40 meters over the border, where Ingo sent him over a wire. Using the wire and a homemade pulley, he launched himself over the wall and to safety. Meanwhile, government pressure grew even harder for Egbert, the sole remaining brother, but luckily Ingo and Holger had a plan. They sent their brother a code to tell him to prepare, and then, a few days later, descended on the park he was told to wait in a pair of ultralight planes, two small two-seated planes with little to no protection for anyone inside it. With all three brothers together for the first time in 14 years, they finally enjoyed freedom and a good drink. All these people had their own reasons for wanting to escape East Germany, from being tired of the propaganda to wanting stability and safety for their family. Regardless, they worked hard to escape notice and find safety, leaving behind a bold and eventful legacy. That's all for this week. I'm Krishna reporting for Met Radio, 1280 AM, Toronto, and thank you for listening.